man. Come on. The light's green. Let's go. Where is it? Oh, there it is. I'm hearing Ray Ray is your weak. I didn't say that. No, Good I didn't God. say you said that, Jimmy. I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that. I'm sure you're in the same boat. I don't... <laughs> nice. Play to work sports. sports. What up, world? Welcome to another episode of Late to Work Sports. As always, I'm your host, Jonathan, with my co-host, Ray Ray. What up, Ray Ray? What's up, John? I think we got a good one this week. Oh, man, we definitely have a good one this week. Got a surprise guest coming on later in the show for anybody uh, that's into the the lifting game. You definitely want to stick around because we have something special for you this week. So, But before we get in that, Ray Ray... We're going to talk about a uh, couple different things going on, about three different sports, uh, some brackets, this crazy march that we're having in the basketball world. So should be a pretty good episode, I believe. So you ready to get into it, man? I'm ready if you are. All right, let's go. All right, so I guess first we'll roll into the XFL recap. And uh, we're halfway through the XFL season, man. It's uh, been week five already. You know, Short so, but exciting. It, it's been very exciting. So um, I've caught a little bit of the highlights of the plays because uh, obviously I did not get to watch a couple of these games due to uh, where I was at and where you were at. That was a pretty busy weekend. It was a pretty busy weekend. Between between drill and uh, somebody getting married, we stayed pretty busy. So I'll go ahead and recap these games, man, and, uh, and, and let you talk on anything that you want to talk. I know you... Uh, they got some topics here with, with at least one of these teams. So, first off, the Houston Roughnecks headed to Seattle to play the Sea Dragons. Uh, I know Danucci's your boy, but uh, he had a rough game, man. He threw three interceptions, and there was only one lone interception thrown by Brandon Silvers, the quarterback for the Roughnecks. Unfortunately, it was at the wrong time. It was yeah, at the end of the matters. game. That's it, man. End of the game. Yeah, I think it was five seconds left, and, and he threw his lone pick and sealed it. Sea Dragons ended up handing the Houston Roughnecks their first loss of the season, 21-14. to But then we had the D.C. Defenders traveling to St. Louis, and if you ask the Battlehawks, that is the sports capital of the United States. They just posted it on their uh, Facebook page. So, But obviously, the St. No Louis Battlehawks. No one does it like St. Louis. <laughs> Obviously, D.C. went to play the Battlehawks, and uh, the big story here, man, is the defender's running back, Abram Smith, that dude had a night. He carried the ball 23 times. He had 218 rushing yards and three touchdowns. That's almost 10 yards a carry, dude. You can't win against that. No. If you can't stop that, you're not going to win. You can't, and... uh, the thing was, man, A.J. McCarron, you know, here's the thing. The Battle Hawks are big at, at comebacks. We know it. They're, it seems like they're doing it oh, yeah. every week. They're, they're the comeback kid. That's just That's, what they play on. They definitely are. And uh, they they got within a score, right? And uh, A.J. McCarron, with 55 seconds left, unfortunately, threw a pick. And that sealed it, man. That, that ended oh, the game okay. for him. So defenders ended up winning. And remaining the last unbeaten team at uh, twenty to, or excuse me, twenty eight to twenty. Yeah, well, like you said, with Abram, 
uh, you're not going to win if you're letting him bust off for 62 yards and then a 70 yarder. Yeah. yeah so when it. two <laughs> when two runs are what 132 <laughs> yards, you just can't let that happen. Pretty cool. Real quick, touch base once again though with a uh, 35,868 people again in attendance. Godly. So I don't think any of the other sports teams. DC might be undefeated, but uh. I don't think they could touch base when it comes to fans. But DC's got the beer snake. So And the lemons on the field. And the lemons. <laughs> well, uh, the Orlando Gardens, they headed to Vegas to play the Vipers. And uh, honestly, it was a back-and-forth game all night. And uh, Vegas quarterback Luis Perez had 269 passing yards and three touchdowns, while the Guardians quarterback Quinn Dormany had 256 yards and two touchdowns, man. I mean, they were lighting it up and and no interceptions thrown by either one, which is huge. But unfortunately, in the end, the Vipers would hand the Guardians their fifth loss. Your uh, your team, your hometown team, just can't catch a break, can they? <laughs> why you got? Why you, why you got to put that on me? Don't be putting that on well, me. You put it on you at the beginning, like, man. I got I got this team for Florida, man. I can't wait. Yeah, well, that was uh, that was really quick thrown away. Really yeah. fast after game one. I was like, well, okay. maybe it's, not. It's early enough to throw them away and pick who you want. Well, that's what I'm saying. I went with, uh, I went with the Brahmas and the Battlehawks, and uh, unfortunately both of them lost this week. But the Guardians end up getting their fifth straight loss. They're, they're the only winless team, man, 35-32. to 32. So. That's got to be even more heartbreaking, though. You're that close. You just, still just can't seal the deal. Yeah, that's a lot of points. Oh, yeah. Now that hurts. That one hurts. you got to play defense. Mm-hmm. Well, Auditon Renegades for the final game traveled to San Antonio to play the Brahmas. And this was a defensive battle all the way, man. I mean, a low-scoring affair. San Antonio had two chances to win the game in the final minutes, but they ended both tries with interceptions. And honestly, neither quarterback shined. Combined, they threw for 127 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions. Renegades win 12-10. to yeah, so that That's doesn't a high scoring game. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't stick with the norm. I mean, there's very few times we've seen a game that combined for under twenty points. I feel like every game is at least touched thirty. I mean, I I would think that there's maybe one other game I could think of off the top of my head. You know, and we've been talking about this five weeks now, and there's one other game I could think about that maybe didn't break twenty, maybe, but. Yeah, I'm excited for week uh, week six. I got nothing going on, so I should be able to catch the games and uh, get a little bit of that XFL action again. So, well, let's roll into March Madness then. Yeah, let's go into NCAA's biggest money maker. One billion dollars. This is uh, for every other sport bro, that these colleges got. That's it's nuts. It's nuts, and the title March Madness. Is one hundred percent accurate this year? I think oh, after yeah. the what did they say the first round they was uh, there was twenty million over twenty million brackets and for the men's was correct. Yeah, for the men's side, and I think after round one where they were all broken, weren't they? After round one, I know that after the whole first round, yeah, we didn't get out of the first round, and nothing was correct anymore. Yeah, that's nuts. So we'll recap the uh, the big upsets between round one and round two here, Ray Ray, and then uh, then roll into the Sweet Sixteen matchup and get your take on them. So. My big upsets that I wrote down here were uh, number 13, Furman, over number four, Virginia, 68 to 67. 
number 15, Princeton, over number two, Arizona, 59 to 55. For the second time ever, right, this next one, number 16 beat number one. FDU over number one, Purdue, 63 to 58. It's only happened twice in the NCAA tournament. And uh, the last round one upset, number 11, Pitt, over number six, Iowa, 59 to 41. Now, to me, that was an upset because they just came out and beat the brakes off Iowa, excuse me, Iowa State. They just beat the brakes off Iowa State. So yeah, it wasn't close. No. You know, and it's I mean they're close, right, at number eleven at number six, but when you lose by that many, by yeah. what, eight seventeen? Eighteen points? Eighteen points. That's that's a big difference. That's a blowout. That's huge. You shouldn't lose by that much. Not at that no. not at that. Mm-hmm. That was to me that I mean that was the biggest to me, the biggest upset as far as beatdown wise. Obviously FDU over Purdue round one is the biggest upset overall, I would believe. I mean, can we argue any other way? Not really. I mean, I know Arizona loses yeah, I, huge to Princeton, but, but number one, number sixteen has happened twice. We know it's crazy with uh, Purdue is that imagine being on both sides of history that night because they got upset by number sixteen FDU. But in the wrestling side of things, I don't know if you saw the guy. I can't. I don't know what college Spencer he's going for, Lee going for his four time championship and losing. Yeah. In wrestling. So, I mean, it's pretty funny that Purdue got put on both ends. You know, they got to be a spectacle, and then they also got to be the one getting a history made against. So, it's pretty sad. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then uh, round two big upsets. Again, number 15, Princeton, over number seven, Missouri, 78 to 63. That's a blowout. 15 points. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's number 15 over number seven. Yeah. You, I mean, yeah, you beat number two, but a lot of people are going to say that's a fluke. So you shouldn't be, you shouldn't go in there and, and if it, and if it's not a fluke, you shouldn't go in there and just beat the brakes off of number seven. Hey, man, Princeton's hot. It's the time. You know, you're striking the anvil when it's hot. I'd be scared as Val as Creighton having to play against them because at this point, if you're not taking them serious, you're going to have a big issue. 100%. So number seven, Michigan State over number two, Marquette. 69 to 60. And then another big one here. Number eight, Arkansas over number one, Kansas. 72 to 71. So I think I sent you a stat the other day. What was it? It was uh, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, and I can't believe the fourth one's done. done Was it Kentucky? Kentucky, there it is. It's only been three times that I believe it said three times that those teams have not made the, the final four. The final four, I think it was, yeah. At least one of them teams. 2018 was the last time. Was it 2018 yeah. or was it 2021? I think it was 2021. It, either way, it's been like only. Either like, way. Yeah, it's only yeah, been it's like four just, times. It's just right down the road. Yeah, I mean, that's not. That's kind of wild when you think about it, but. Well, I mean, if we jump over here to the Facebook page, I'm pretty sure you posted it. Yeah, so Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, and Kentucky all failed to reach the men's Sweet 16 this year. Since the men's Sweet 16 was created in 1975, there have only been three other years where this happened. 76, 79, and like you said, 21. Mm. So, I mean, obviously 21 was huge, but, you know. Yeah, so you, these basketball juggernauts, I think is what you can safely call them at that point, just got taken easily, out yet again. Easily call them juggernauts, but you know I love me an underdog story, so... I'm all hey about man, it. Hey, man, well, it's full of it this year. 
<laughs> yeah, it is. There's a lot of Cinderellas out here. 100%. So, well, let's roll into this Sweet 16 matchup. Well, first off, hold on, hold on, hold on. Which one, out of out of all those games, round one and round two, what is your biggest surprise? What's your team that mm. you're like, wow, that, that really happened? Well, I think the original shock has to be Furman and Virginia, considering that I had them going all the way, and I think a lot of people had Virginia pushing to get pretty far. And you consider that's the loss that made brackets fall down to 4%. That's pretty hefty. I mean, that's pretty shocker. But, I mean, how do you get away from the guy who barely scrapes in? And I think, what was it, FDU didn't even win their divisional, right? But because of the other school just moved up to D1, there's some weird rule, so they didn't qualify. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the FDU thing over Purdue, that's just wild. Well, when you get in yeah. just barely, that, and then you upset that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just sad. Yeah, and that that to me, obviously the FDU over Purdue, to me is huge, 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 huge. Um, now it's about to be even huger because I don't know if you saw the FDU versus FAU, but I have a buddy who keeps me in the loop on March Madness because he just absolutely loves college basketball. But uh, so FDU there for a minute was about to upset FAU, but FAU started to take away. In a funny quick stat inside of it, FDU essentially conceded the game and a Florida Atlantic guy went up for a 360 dunk and missed it and the team actually got booed out of the stadium after that. What? Yeah, so that's a that'll be a good highlight for you to go find and watch. I'm sure it's plastered somewhere. Oh, man, I'm definitely going to watch that one. So I think my 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 second biggest has to be Princeton. And and just the fact that they've upset two Big teams, Arizona and Missouri. I mean, every shot they're taking is calculated. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> uh, Boys. Well, let's roll well, into the uh, Sweet Ivy 16. Leaguers. I believe it. You see that? I don't know if you've seen the video. There's a video of them in like their area, uh, their campus. I don't know what part of their campus, but they're, they're just showing, and it's like nobody is like up and jumping around and, and like, woo. And I, it's just like everybody's just going about their business as their basketball team just moves deeper and deeper in the bracket. Man, those people there got too much stress <laughs> on them to care about this basketball <laughs> team. These other schools got everything, nothing else going for them. Oh, uh, man, the good liberal arts degree. <laughs> well, uh, let's roll into the Sweet 16 matchup then. You go ahead and give me your predictions. So, first off, we got number one, Alabama, going to take on number five, San Diego State. Who do you got winning this one? I'm just going to pull for San Diego State. You're not going to catch me pulling for Alabama for nothing. So I think Alabama's going to win it. I, I'm I'm hoping for San I Diego State. But. That's like me trying to say, or that'd be me pulling for Bama in any way is like you pulling for the Saints in any way. Oh, absolutely not. So um, Number six, Creighton versus number 15, Princeton. Does, does Princeton's <sighs> magical season end right here? I mean, realistically, yeah, right? Because Cinderella eventually, you know, that's going to strike midnight. But how do you pull against them at this point? I mean, Creighton's supposed to be here, right? Or maybe not supposed to be, but they're the higher seed between what they've played against besides Baylor, and then they killed Baylor. But Princeton's manhandled everybody they've been with. I mean, they've had they won with a, I guess, a small, comfortable league, right? Four points over Arizona is not too bad, and they beat fifteen the breaks points off over Missouri's Missouri that's pretty great. Yeah. So for the sake of argument, I'm going to go with Princeton. I'm going to keep pulling for that underdog. I'm going to pull for that Cinderella. I uh I'm gonna go with Princeton too. Um, 
obviously on paper you you got to go with Creighton, but they're hot. They believe well, in themselves. Paper don't matter. Yeah, they believe in <laughs> themselves. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Princeton. We got number nine Florida Atlantic versus number four Tennessee. Who you got? So I'm about to pull for Tennessee. The guy that keeps me in the loop is uh, a Tennessee and Duke fan. Actually, um, he picked Duke because Tennessee sucked at basketball at the time, but he's more of a Tennessee fan. So, but naturally, I'll pull for Tennessee. I'm sure Malone, Carrier, Corwin, and all <laughs> them will be happy to hear that. But they don't listen anyway. I mean, so that that's okay. Yeah. But, <laughs> don't but matter. We'll, we'll still keep taking yeah, shots we'll st- at them. Yeah, we'll still keep taking <laughs> shots till they listen back and like you sons of guns. Yeah. So. We'll show, I'm pulling for Tennessee. Yep, I got Tennessee as well. Number three, Kansas State versus number seven, Michigan State. Who you got? Mm. This one's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, just, you know, naturally you want to go higher seed supposed to win, right? Yeah. And uh, But I hate regular Michigan, so I'll pull for Michigan State just in spite of regular Michigan. <laughs> I'm going to go Kansas State. Only because, uh, like I said, uh, you, like you said, higher seed. So I, yeah, I, I really am torn with this one. So I'm gonna go Kansas State. So. That's what the betting man would take, right? Yeah. Number one, Houston versus number five, Miami. Well, considering that Houston seems like they haven't really broke much of a sweat getting to where they're at now, Miami <clears throat> struggled a little bit, I guess you could say, with Drake. But I'll, I'll stick with Houston. Yeah, I actually I'm, got I'm give it to the one seed here. I got Houston winning it all in my uh, in one of my brackets. I got Alabama and Houston. So, um, so you got to stick with those two. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with Houston. So uh, although I, I wouldn't be mad with Miami moving on just because it's a Florida team. So number three, just Xavier there. versus number two, Texas. Oh, well, I'm going to go for Xavier just because I like those teams. It's not underdog for basketball, right? But when do you hear Xavier and really any other sports against these other powerhouses and other sports? I mean, you hear Texas all the time for anything else. Y'all are okay. Y'all don't need this. Y'all still will have money. So I'm going to pull for Xavier. Okay. I uh, This one is a little bit tougher for me, but I personally think I'm going to go with Texas on this one. I think I picked Texas to win. Um, I could definitely see Xavier winning. But I think Texas brings in more talent, I would like to say, than Xavier. I mean, I mean Texas has won with some pretty commanding leads. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna kind of – I'm going to give this one to Texas. I'm going to give – I don't think Texas is really playing too many big dogs, though, either. No, I mean, they blew the toothpaste out by 20 points. Yeah, exactly. And then you played – congratulations, you played Penn State. They're known for football. <laughs> So, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Texas though. Number eight, Arkansas versus number four, UConn. Hey, I'm pulling for them woo pigs, man. That's a high. You coming off a high? So you, it's just hard. You are the eight seed. You just beat easily one of the best juggernauts of college basketball. Easily, Kansas. Not good grief. Arkansas to me is kind of like Princeton right now. They got everything to win. You know, and nothing really to lose. What's it matter if we lose? We're the lower seed. We just beat the best guy. It's a great season for them at that point. And it's an SEC team that's not Alabama. So, <laughs> woo pig. I'm going to go with UConn. UConn has beat the brakes off everybody they played. You just won't be different. That's okay, though. We hey, need some different. Hey, man. Hey. They've beat the brakes off everybody. I mean, they won their first game by 24 points. They won their second game by 15 points. And that was against the fifth seed now. 
They beat the yeah. fifth seed by 15 points. I'm going to go UConn. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. I mean, numbers don't lie, right? Yeah. And then finally, we got number three, Gonzaga, versus number two, UCLA. Who you got? Mm. So, I just know that Gonzaga, like I've already brought up before, is a basketball school, right? Mm-hmm. Not about anything else. And again, I think UCLA will be fine no matter what happens. So I'm gonna pull for Gonzaga, you know, and then just to be stupid, they got a they got a bulldog. I'm a bulldog fan, you know, so dog respect dog. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Gonzaga because Gonzaga <laughs> has not scored under 80 points in either one of their first two games. Meanwhile, UCLA only scored 68 in their last game against Northwestern. Mm-hmm. So yeah, poor TC, you can't catch a break. <laughs> you couldn't help yourself, could you? Oh, no, that door was getting shoved open. <laughs> All right, well, one more question, and then we're going to move on. Who uh, do you have out of the remaining teams in the finals? What you got? Winning it all. Winning it all. Tell me who wins it all. I'm, I'm going to be wrong. I'm going to tell you, and then immediately. We're just going to go about the numbers. <laughs> Let's just uh, go Houston. Yep, Houston wins it all. All right. I have Houston and Alabama playing in the finals. And I'm gonna say Houston wins it all too. I'm gonna go Houston. I'm gonna. It it's hard because I. In, in honor of my friend, I'm gonna gonna retcon that one. Tennessee's gonna win it all. So uh, whoa, crazy, yep, crazy! Yep. I forgot I had to scroll back down. I was like, oh yeah, t- <laughs> they are in this. So they they win it all. <laughs> I uh, I definitely don't think they do. I definitely think it's. Uh, I think Houston wins it in Houston. Yeah, so. probably, but we'll just cut this. We'll we'll re up upload this one. You know, we'll just cut it out to where I said Houston wins it all. Where that happens. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's roll into the World Baseball Classic real quick, and uh, then we'll then we'll roll into our special guest here. So obviously, this is this is kicking right now, and uh, we are actually getting ready for the finals. But uh, yes. we're gonna go ahead and kind of recap the semifinals and the quarterfinals and kind of talk about like what's happened with that. So in the quarterfinals, right, we had Cuba who beat Australia four to three. We had the USA who beat Venezuela and what a game. Yeah. Venezuela was undefeated until then. They had not lost yet. So that's obviously a little painful for them. And then we had Japan that would beat Italy 9-3. to Japan has not lost so far. And no, Japan's got some juggernaut guys, too. Man, they love them some baseball. They do, man. They do. And then, uh, and then you got Mexico that beat Puerto Rico 5-4. to mm-hmm. So that was the quarterfinal round. Well, then we roll into the semifinals. And you had... The USA, who beat Cuba, 14-2. to And then, currently, while we're recording right now, Japan is facing Mexico, but it is the bottom of the fifth, and Mexico is up 3 to nothing. So, right now, the final is going to be USA versus either Japan or Mexico, but here's what's key to know here. Japan has not lost yet, so this would be their first loss. Unfortunately, horrible time to have it. Mexico is the only team to beat the USA. 
and they beat them 11-5 to on March 12th. So yeah, That's the time to lose. That is the time to lose. So like I've, like I've talked about before, baseball is the game of hot streaks, and America seems like they're getting on it. Uh, Trey Turner is America's man right now and America's hero. <laughs> so for those that, all of you that do know, we were losing to Venezuela, and then bases loaded. Trey Turner comes up and says, uh, hey, boys, you want to go play another game of baseball? And hits a grand slam, propelling us into the semifinals. Like, or, yeah, to the semifinals to go up against uh, Cuba. Cuba. And then, and so, then I mean, uh, like, beat the tar off out of Cuba. Oh, man. Hey, so once again, we're coming from behind, baby. It was 1-0, to zero, Cuba. I don't know if you saw that first inning, man, but holy crap, did we get saved. Bases got loaded against us. We managed to get out of it. It should have been a lot closer than it was. Managed to escape that first one, and then we just went on a hitting spree. It was like spring camp, and then Trey Turner once again gets up there. It wasn't a grand slam, but it was a three-run homer. You know, so once again, dudes are getting up there. Uh, it hurts because I had read an article earlier that Atlanta had the chance to get Trey Turner, and that would have filled in our shortstop slot. Hmm. And now I believe he plays for the Phillies. So that's not, you know, I mean, that's a rival. I'm going to tell you, I watched him uh, I watched him play for the Dodgers when we played them in the playoffs last year. And uh, it literally felt like that man could do no wrong. I was so mad, so mad. But, yeah. Um, so I think USA's on a hot streak. We lost at a good time. It's like I talked about with the Braves. We got a good hot streak when we took over the Mets, but then we lost it and we just didn't have it in the – and last year's, but hey, America, going back to the World Baseball Classic, we're champions, baby, from last year. we got to continue that this year, and I think that's, it's going to happen. But I think we'll play Japan for it. I don't know. Top of the six. Hey, it, that nothing. if we show anything, it doesn't matter because Venezuela was beating our brakes, and I think it was top of the seventh or eighth. I don't remember. And I don't have it in front of me of when we got to come back. But that's the thing about baseball. It could change in an inning, and that changes right when it needs to. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see. Mexico is up to a uh, bat right now, so we shall see. I also have USA winning it all, but I kind of want to see us play Mexico just for the rematch, the redemption. Yeah, but hey, it would be wrong of us not to pull for the home team. One hundred percent. So there's there's rightful bias there. If you don't pull for your actual <laughs> own country, <laughs> what is wrong with yeah, you? My country's still in. I got to pull for them. I can't swap right. until they're gone. Yeah. No, only <laughs> once they lose can I find somebody else to pull for. But right now, it's America yeah. all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that wraps up all the topics we are going to talk about now. And uh, so now we're going to go ahead and, like I told everybody out there, we had a special guest here, and uh, that is Mr. Jimmy Kolb. For y'all that may not know, he uh, he's a powerlifter, and he is actually the first person to ever bench over 1,300 pounds. He's done it twice so far. Uh, I mean, he's placed first in over 30 different powerlifting events dating all the way back to high school. Currently owns six active all-time world records in powerlifting. Um, also the owner of Cobb Strong and has the Cobb Strong Scholarship. So the man's just doing it all right now. So Jimmy, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, thanks a lot for having me, you too. Yes, sir. Hey, man, thanks for coming on and being a part of us. Absolutely. I'm honored. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, Jimmy, we just kind of wanted to dive in a little bit, man, and uh, and talk about the world of powerlifting in itself. Uh, 
because we know a lot of a lot of our listeners may not know. Um, I know that I do not personally know about that world, and I'm sure Ray Ray doesn't. Um, you know a whole lot about it. So uh, I've obviously watched documentaries and stuff like that. You know because I do enjoy that type of stuff. But but as far as knowing, I don't. I'm not in the know. So we're definitely uh, we're definitely interested in hearing some things from you. So sure. I, I think the big question, well, I guess we could start with, was uh, when did you realize you wanted to be a powerlifter man, and, and how did you get into this? Well, I was always active in sports, and then when I reached the age of 14, um, my mom allowed me to start handling weights because she was afraid of the rumors of like stunted growth if you start too early, so she thought 14 was a good age. So um, got my first weight set at 14 years old. I actually got inspired by a, a book. I was, I was one of the Joe Weider, uh, bodybuilding encyclopedias. And, uh, I saw that and I was like, I want to look like that. So I actually started bodybuilding at 14. Wow. Um, yeah, I didn't know any, I didn't know anything else at all. Oh, okay. That's, they're big and strong. They got huge muscles. So I started bodybuilding. I uh, had those newbie gains, which I wish I still had today, <laughs> but I, uh, I gained 30 pounds of muscle in about eight or nine months. Uh, went from 150 to 180. Um, Wow. And then I, real, I realized after that point, then I discovered, oh, there's two routes I can take. It's be as big, like your end goal is to be as big as you possibly can, like bodybuilding, or you can go the other way and lift for strength. And I thought that was more impressive. And I've been doing uh, strength training ever since. My dad calls them, uh, calls the, uh, the, for the looks, he calls them uh, your, your pretty muscles. That's what he calls them. Yeah. It's a, it's like a male beauty pageant kind of. Yeah. <laughs> did you look into the mirror after gaining that thirty pounds and just like, who am I? Like, did you I, not recognize yourself? Or you, you know, just... I I always I see myself every day, so I didn't right. really notice. But the, the the scale said otherwise. But I've always <laughs> I've you always just like look you know, at that old one hundred and fifty pounds you and go like, who is this guy? Well, seeing so if I, I I'd have to go to my home back in Ohio and dig out in the fucking crawl space. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, I'd, I'd have to find my wrestling picture from seventh grade at 150, and my wrestling picture from my eighth grade year at 180. And there's a oh, very stark a big, difference there. That's a big eighth grader. It's yeah. It was a, <laughs> I was shocked when I saw it. I didn't realize it was that much of a difference. That's but, wild. God, that's that wild. bigger than seniors. Yeah. I, uh, I, I do wrestled, um, and I had between my uh, my eighth grade year to my ninth grade year, I put on about thirty five pounds. But uh, I can tell you, it was not pure muscle. There was some muscle there, but it was not pure muscle. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I get it, man. I get it. So that's a uh, that's cool. I mean, that's that's wild. And how much do you weigh right now, man? I oh, I fluctuate between 325 330 pounds. Ooh, that's a lot of man. Oh yeah, but 5 foot 5, that's pretty thick. Godly. <laughs> yep. Is your mama not wrong about that stunt growth? It's <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> Mom don't listen there. to this. <laughs> oh, no, nah, my mom's like 4 foot 10 and my dad, that's my met him, he was like 5 foot 5, so I'm pretty much where okay, I need so to you're be. Okay, so you good. Yeah, I'm uh, good. <laughs> Well, I'm the I'm the small one in my family. My uh, all the males in my family besides my dad are over six foot. So thanks, Dad. 
There you go. Do you think that being five five helps you with like I, the range of motion? Do you think that matters? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely, it does. I have to. I have to move the weight a shorter distance. It's a. It's a definite advantage. So you're a, you're an extreme advantage now. So oh yeah, people get really mad. Like oh well, if I had those shorter <laughs> arms or if I it was like well, I, I was born this way. Don't come at yeah, bro, me. Can't, yeah, it's not like I went and got. <laughs> not my fault. You're six ten. <laughs> right you know it's like you know, i was born to do this clearly it's like don't don't get yeah. mad at me pick better parents next time i guess so i have a question i have a question and uh ray ray and me were talking about this so i get under the the on on like today for instance right i did i did arms i'm lifting you know and uh i'm lifting certain weight and i'm like okay you know i'm watching other people lift kind of with me and I'm watching them, you know, they're jumping in. I'm like, yeah, go ahead, man. And and I and I'm doing tricep pull downs, right? And uh, I'm warming up at their end weight. Gotcha. And so I'm looking like, huh, you know. So it kind of just thought I thought in my head like, and Ray, when we talking about this, for me, they're obviously a certain weight. It's heavy for them. For me, it's not heavy. Does the weight? Benching 350 pounds, for instance, is that just light to you? Does that, when you pick it up, you're like, yo, this is so light? Or is I mean, it just heavy as heavy? No, it, I mean, weight is always weight. Three, three plates, four plates, five plates has always felt like three plates, four plates, or five plates. Um, but it's no the adaptation over time to where it, it, it's, it still feels the same weight wise, but not the same as it, the, the effect that it has on my body changes with time um that's yeah so you're saying like lifting 300 still lifting 300 but yeah but i mean now it's it's, just obviously it's a lot easier than you lifting the 1300 right i mean yeah so (laughs) it it sounds you know we we as power lifters or those in strength sports um adaptation over time is huge you know but when my max when my bench max absolute you know all out with max was 300 pounds that felt like a truck was in my hands <laughs> yeah and now and you know and then over time you know 400 500 6 7 8 um <laughs> relatively speaking they all when all the maxes feel about the same it's it sounds really weird but it's no i mean that makes sense makes though, sense it's, though yeah, it's yeah all yeah. you got okay good okay good <laughs> yeah no it, i mean it makes sense because yeah, like, like right. uh, for instance right if i'm if i'm curling when i when i when i got it back into the to lifting and everything and i picked up the 40 pound dumbbells and I'm like, I'm going to curl forties. They were heavy, you know? And it was like, that was like it. Like I can't curl more than this. And now that I've moved up, you know, over the, over the, you know, six, seven, eight months of doing this, you know, and I bumped it up and I'm like, okay, I'm curling, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 pounds more, whatever. They still feel heavy. The forties feel, I guess you could say lighter. Cause now it's relative, but, yeah. but it's still that, that max is still heavy, you yes. know? But that's why I was curious. Like when you pick one, for instance, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I I don't I don't bench because I got my wrists are kind of messed up. Mm-hmm. But if I I do dumbbell presses instead, but I don't know if I pick up 300, I'm like this is heavy. I would assume I can you know? fathom 1300. So I can't even. Yeah, I'm trying to wrap my <laughs> head around 1300 pounds, and I'm like, nah, no, nope, can't yeah. can't do it. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to relate. Um, you know, if you pick up, uh, you see like strong men or. Uh, tough men, they can like, you know, bend wrenches or nails and stuff. Everybody in their life can grab a wrench or a nail and know, oh man, that's bending. That would be insane. Everybody, everybody can relate to that. Mm-hmm. If you tell somebody I, I benched, 
thirteen fifty at my last meet. They're like, oh, cool, you know, because they nobody can really relate to how heavy. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's pretty fair. They like, can't wrap their wrap mind around it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, uh, what is like a normal day for you look like? Like, do you lift every day, every other day? I, I, do you? Because I know you're you're a competitive bencher. So do you just bench or do you do like other exercises? Like what does a normal day look like for you? Oh yeah. No, I, I, there, I got five days a week in the gym, about three to four hours a day to do this. Um, and in, in powerlifting, I'm actually referred to as a specialist. I make no claims to be a power lifter because the sport of powerlifting is actually the squat bench and deadlift combined for a total. So, oh, okay. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, I still great. compete in a powerlifting lift, um, my wife would argue that I still am a power lifter. I don't. I claim that I'm that's, a best. That's a good wife, though. If she's not arguing for you, like, yeah, that, that's a problem. Right. Well, right, right, yeah. Um, she's gonna tell everybody, so, oh, no. Jimmy, oh, sure. That's the deal right there. Yeah. I, I've done all three lifts competitively in the past. I've just always preferred doing bench. That's the lift that I care about the most. But, uh, so a typical day, I mean, if it's a day I go to the gym, um, uh, I kind of my whole day is kind of structured around my workouts uh, because it's all a means to an end, which is mm-hmm. the next competition, the next number. But, you know, I'll just wake up whenever at my leisure. Um, I sleep with the machine, so I, I sleep very, very, very well these days. Uh, wake up. I immediately get something in my system, whether it's a shake or a breakfast. Every two hours, I'm taking something in calorie wise, food wise. I would. That was my next question is like, what is yeah. your eating habits like? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's not absurd. I'm not taking in some of these strong men that claim they're taking in like 10 to 15,000 calories a day. I'd say on the top end, I take in maybe close to 6,000 calories on the low end, but probably average between four and four and a half. Wow. Not absurd. It's it's not absurd. (laughs) Whoo, man. So obviously you had, you had to work up to that, right? Like oh, you didn't sure. just sit down, like, all right, waiting six thousand calories. Oh no, 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 today. that was that uh, happened over time. Yeah, I uh, just got my diet bumped up uh, when I got on this new diet that I'm on now to twenty seven hundred, and, and I remember telling my wife like, I don't want to eat any more food. Oh, so dude, I, I enjoy eating food. Like, <laughs> I not. can't imagine. I can't imagine that much. That's insane. Yeah, I think I get sick watching you eat. Oh, it's yeah. I I make my wife sick, so I I, I feel you. Um, so, but yeah, I just I, I eat, I, I hydrate, um, I do all the things I need to do. If I need a nap, I take a nap. Um, go to the gym. I got a forty-five minute drive. It's only a twenty-mile journey, but I live in Northern Virginia, so of course the time doesn't make sense. But forty-five uh, <laughs> minute drive. Workout can last three to four hours, and then a forty-five minute drive back, and then I eat and sleep. That's that's kind of how I conduct business is there a nap in between finishing the gym and driving back oh no no three to four oh, no. hours in the gym nope, i'm i'm yeah. pretty lit when i when i leave i'm, I'm very rarely um wow. now that my now that my sleeping habits are in check uh uh-huh. be, because of my obviously with the uh the cpap uh, sleep therapy and all that stuff i i'm i'm good to go when i drive especially after a long work and i'm still okay wow. crazy so yeah so when you're in the gym for that many hours do you Like, is it like, uh, like you lift and then how long is a break in between lifts? Is it just bench pressing? Like what exactly are you doing in there that long? Yeah. Um, so I have five days a week, like I said, so I have two bench press days 
mm-hmm. one lower body day, an upper back day, and then a, a random stuff day is what I call it. Uh, it's just all the stuff I haven't done throughout the week. I kind of put it all in that one workout. So if it's a bench day, since we're talking bench, I'll go in. Uh, generally, I'll pick a main movement for the day, whether it's bench or a bench variation, maybe a floor press or a close grip or whatever it is. And then I, I hit it, I hit it heavy. I hit it hard. Uh, breaks can be, Oh, depending on the workload and the weight could be three to five minute breaks, maybe longer. I also have an entire crew, um, that's trying to get their work in as well. I'm helping them doing their handoffs for them, uh, doing all that good stuff. And then after that, the, the volume kind of goes up a notch for my accessory work, like the dumbbell work, the tricep work, the single joint movements, uh, breaks will get cut down generally a little bit shorter a little bit higher volume. Um, and then I obviously, you know, I back days are kind of similar. I, have, I pick five to six main movements, usually rows and shrugs and pull downs are kind of aesthetically pleasing, but like they don't really do anything for strength. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how it works. Man, Jimmy, don't say that. I, I like my pull downs. I feel strong when I do that. <laughs> uh, for, I guess for, for what I'm doing, cause you got to think when you're benching, you're benching on a horizontal plane. Yeah, true, true. So we want to train the back on the same horizontal plane. So things like rows will have direct correlation yeah. to movements. Pull downs are, you st- I still do them because I want to have that overall development. Mm-hmm. I'm not you saying they're not important. Yeah, no, Absolutely. it makes sense. It makes sense because if you're, if you're focusing, like you said, you're a specialist and that's what you're trying to focus on. Obviously, you're going to do stuff that targets that right. range of motion. So it's correct. Absolutely. That makes sense. So a question I, I got for you about having to get over a certain hump. So like one of the issues I have is that resting period mm-hmm. in between sets, right? Right. So obviously for me, like you, I want to say I'm fresh in the gym. I mean, I've been going for what, John, two to three years maybe, like at, on average on or uh, regularly, but I still yeah. struggle with rest in between sets. I feel like I have to go on to the next one. Like, you know, I wait 30 seconds. I'm like, okay, here I go. And obviously it's not as good of a, a set. Because I'm not properly rested, right? right? So how do you, how would you recommend for myself and others that will listen in? How do you break that mental barrier? Like trying to take longer breaks? Yeah, yeah. Like so, if you're supposed to take like a three minute, like if you know, so I do. Uh, now I can't think of his name. It's that's terrible. <laughs> y- y'all go ahead. I'm gonna have to. Pull up <laughs> oh, you're good, um, John Meadows. Okay, I'm oh, back. Meadows. I'm back. May yeah. he rest in peace. God, yeah, I feel terrible. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, like most of his stuff is two to three minute breaks in between each one. Okay. Um, I, I do like, I can't get there because I feel like I have to keep going. Well, I'd say then if, you, if you're if you capable of only taking like 30 second breaks, I'd say the weights need to be a little bit heavier. Um, oh, really? Oh, yeah. If you're, if you're capable, hmm. if you do a set, you're doing probably what, four to five sets per movement? He's four. Yeah, everything four? he wants is four. Yep. Yeah, so I'd say your weights need to go up a little bit. And then that that's going to force you to have to take longer breaks in order to recoup and then get the next set in. If it's too light a weight where you can, you can and are capable of taking only 20, 30 second breaks, I think the weights need to be a little bit heavier. So you're saying I'm, I'm truly, I'm, I'm mentally messing myself up because I'm just not pushing myself as much. I'm limiting myself. I, mean, I don't want to say that, but I mean. Uh, you, you know, you, it's okay. You're not going to hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to give me the reality that I might need. No, I'd say uh, lift, lift a, little, lift a little bit heavier. I think the weights are probably a little bit too light, too easy. Um, you're working you rep ranges yourself. of what? If it's John Meadows, I'm assuming eight to twelve, twelve to fifteen, something like that. Yeah, that's what he is. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So bodybuilding oriented. What I'm hearing, Ray Ray, is you're weak. I didn't okay. say that. 
No, I didn't say you said that, Jimmy. I'm I'm, I'm saying that. I'm sure you're in the same boat. I don't want to hear it. Let's get in there. Let me record you. I'm sure you're going to be going up a five five to ten pounds come tomorrow. uh, Up your intensity a little bit. Lift a little bit heavier weight. Make it a little bit harder on yourself. And therefore, you'll have to take a minute and a half, two minutes. Even that, those shorter breaks. Two two and a half minutes is still relatively short. Um, So, yeah, just try to go a little bit heavier and increase that intensity. I like to, I like, personally, I like to superset stuff. I I applaud you, Jimmy. I could not stay in the gym that long. I just, <laughs> That's, I just it's, it's, it's uh it's, it's commitment. It is. It's it's full, absolute. My entire life is right now fully dedicated to what I'm doing, and I have a very uh, structured environment um, in order to achieve it. Would you say that makes it easier then to be in the gym that long? I, it does, um, because this is this is what I do full time now. Right, I'm in that awesome. place in my life where I can do it. And uh, right. it does make it a lot easier. Now, now like I, do, I do speed things up from time to time. I don't, I don't always train like a slug. I don't, I don't always go <laughs> slow. Um, it just depends on what my goal for the day is. Well, like in high school, I take it you weren't in there for three to four hours. In high school, no. I'd say it was definitely probably still, I mean, maybe one and a half, two. Two and a half would be like a really long time. Um, but even in high school, like I, I barely passed high school I, I think i passed basic <laughs> effort alone like not actual grades that i achieved but um no i, I, I was as soon as i got bit by what we call in, in powerlifting the iron bug hmm. um you get bit by the iron bug and you're in it for life and i was obsessed um from day one mm-hmm. till till now i'm still it's, it's never gone away we can definitely yeah. tell with the with these world records yeah, yeah. that's that's, that's wild. That's cool, though. I mean, that's awesome that you get to you get to do something you love full time. I mean, that's awesome. And you know, the yes, scheme of I've, things, I feel like fourteen years to start lifting almost fourteen hundred pounds really isn't that bad. That's pretty fast. Like, yeah. Well, so I've been lifting. In. I've been lift. I've been competing for fourteen years. I've been lifting altogether for a total of eighteen, almost two decades. Yeah, so I mean, even still, still. I mean, yeah. there's people that have been lifting for longer than that, and. I don't think they could fathom lifting. First person to ever do pounds. it. Right. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's awesome. I got, a, I got a question. So uh, for the listeners out there that may not know, um, from what I was told by Ray Ray, you and him actually were in MCT filling sandbags together. Are so, you serious? <laughs> back that's, in, a, that's like the biggest memory. I, I don't know why, but that's where our <laughs> friendship began was at MCT. We had to go to that big old sand pile. You remember when the uh, the field had caught fire from the more oh, players? Wait, so no, no way. So you were actually, oh wow, Jimmy, boy, hurt. you gotta be kidding me. Yeah, they uh, <laughs> they, were, they were firing. I think it was the mortars. The mortars yes. caught fire or something. Yep, and they burnt down the range, so we couldn't. Yeah, we shoot couldn't it. shoot. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They burnt the whole thing down. <laughs> yep, we had a uh, Sergeant Hannah. Yeah, oh, yep. oh, I love Sergeant Hannah. He was fucking cool. So, yeah. But yeah, that's that's the memory I have with you. Was feeling no sandbags. way. Holy oh boy! Oh, I'm I'm glad I didn't I didn't realize you knew me like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that leads me into my next question: How did you manage a career in the Marine Corps and powerlifting at the same time? Because obviously, we know that the the height and weight standards it's something I battle with all the time, being a bigger guy. And you obviously standing five foot five, you're yeah. you're obviously your weight's a lot lower than your max for the Marine Corps is a lot lower than mine. So. How did you how did you manage both of those? I, I barely did. I'll be 
very brutally. I've talked about this particular subject multiple times, uh, just in the few interviews I have done. It was, um, no, it, it was hell. It was hell for me. I'm obviously uh, 330 pounds with a 16 inch black mohawk. I'm out. I've been out for a while. Um, so <laughs> I, it, it. It, I got out for a reason, but uh, no, I was, um, I, I was good. I was good through Paris Island, MCT. I was good through my training at uh, Fort Lee in Virginia here for the uh, ordinance that I was, that I was getting into 2111. Um, so as soon as I hit the fleet, everything kind of changed and everything got worse and everything started to suck. And uh, about halfway through my enlistment, I realized I needed something else in my life. I needed something. I needed an outlet. And that's mm-hmm. how I got back into weights. Um, so I had lifted weights for a couple of years leading up to going into the Marine Corps. I kind of abandoned the sport for a minute. Hmm. And that's how I got into the Marine Corps. I was kind of in a point where me and my wife were kind of in a stagnant point in our life where we were just working and doing nothing else. I was like, well, you know, been able to do my sport for so many years, got married, been able to go to school, but I want to give back. I'm in a sport. I want to just do it and give back and join the Marine Corps. It started to suck. Picked up weights again. They didn't like it. I didn't care. Uh, I gained (laughs) a lot of weight. I, I stayed safe. I stayed safe for a while. I had a, 23 inch neck and like a 40 some inch waist that kept me safe on as far as the tape. Godly, 23 inch. That's the yep. the biggest neck I've ever heard on a Marine. I had a Marine had my a, corpus course that had a 20 inch and that was the biggest I'd ever heard. 23? I, I purposely, yeah, I trained it. I knew that that was important. And I, if I wanted 100%. to place, yeah, I had to keep myself safe. And uh, that kept me safe for a while, but then things turned even more sour and more sour and started to suck more and more. And I finally was like, you know what? I don't care anymore. I started just lifting weights. I, di- I didn't care about getting taped. Um, I just started focusing on getting out and lifting weights. And I uh, worked out in the end. I got out of four years honorably. I'm good to go. But uh, it was rough. It was, but it, it's what I needed mentally to survive. I'll be brutally honest there. Uh, that is, I needed something else in my life because it was that bad. Well, that's what matters, right? At the end of the day, you got to look out mm-hmm. for you. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, oh, I did. John I and I talk to. about it all the time yeah. that you know, no one cares about you more than you. Yes. Yeah, I only get one shot at this life. I'm gonna have right. to take care of me sometimes. You yeah, know. And, I mean, yeah. and if lifting, if that is your thing that you love to do, right? And obviously, obviously, it is. It's your mm-hmm. passion. It's what you do full time. So obviously, it's something you love. So oh, yeah, I'm deeply. sure balancing the Marine Corps with that was hard to do. So. That was it one of the things I was very curious about because I'm like, he's a, he's obviously a big guy now. Yeah, you know, was, how did he make it through? A 23 I, inch neck will definitely help it. It helped until I stopped caring and I stopped worrying about it, and I was just like, oh, I'm not making tape. Well, well, you know. But um, <laughs> I was the uh, I was the 2111 armor at Marine Corps MC Security Group HQ in Quantico, Virginia, for three years. And uh, we handled the Marine Security Guard. We were the support group that uh, trained the Marine Security Guard. So I obviously supported them with their weapons training. Wow. Um, 15 cycles with 200 plus students apiece. And each student got three weapons each. So, I mean, I was, I became very proficient and good at my job. Enough so that they were willing to just kind of, in a way, I suppose, kind of look past me being, I mean, I was five foot five, 65 inches. So I was supposed to be 160 pounds. And getting out, I was around 285. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So because I had gotten a good relationship with command. Like a Marine and a half at that point. Pretty much. (laughs) I mean, I I still had good PT scores, too, for a while. Right at the end, I obviously didn't care because I was getting out, you know. But When you say at the end, like when you really stopped 
you know, height and weight standards or whatever, was that like at year three going close to four? Uh, no, no, I'd say, well, yeah, I'd say um, definitely the last year. Definitely the last year. I'd right. say I was good up until that point. The first three years, I was good to go. Mm-hmm. That last year was just, I was, a lot of problems were coming to surface um, from previous experiences and just, there was a lot, lot going on. Yeah. But the last year was the right. I went. I came into work the last four months. I mean, mm-hmm. like a total, uh, you know, uh, S bag is what we. I'm not going to say it out loud. I don't want to be too graphic, but uh, uh, no, I, I came into work. All the veterans it. understand. Yeah, yeah, we get it. We get it. Don't okay. worry. Shit <laughs> bag is what I was trying to say, but I don't want to say it anyway. I I came into work with t-shirt and shorts the last four months I was in. Nobody said a fucking word to me. Because <laughs> they, they knew how done I was and how fed up I was, but they were willing to look past all that stuff when I got out, and I'm good, and I'm, you know, I'm a four year vet, and I'm, 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 I'm very happy. So yeah, well, well, thank good, you, man. thank you for definitely, uh, for you know, enlisting. Obviously, I'm in the Marine Corps. I've been in uh, the military now for 14 years. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, it's uh, I'm here now, but uh, yeah, but, too far in. Yeah, I'm too. I'm too deep away. in. They got me now. There you go. What's but, another uh, six years? <laughs> yeah. for that twenty? But but yeah, I mean, the fact that you did all this, man, and still kept your Marine Corps career, whether you had a little bit of favoritism or not. I mean, the the, the thing was, the favoritism didn't come, it, it or it only came rather because of how well right. you were with your job. So oh yeah, I took, you know, I really I did I I did take pride in what I did. I was responsible at one point. Uh, could we very at some point we, we didn't even have a staff NCO down in the armory for a while. It was just me and another Lance Corporal. That was it. Wow. Um, so what'd you get yeah. out? What rank did you get out as? A Lance. A Lance. Well, they weren't gonna promote me. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I did. I didn't want it to be honest with you. I'm like, you know what? I'm 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 30 years old. I got out at 30 years old. I went in at 26. Okay. I'm like, hey, you know, get give it to somebody else who who cares more than me, who's gonna stay He'll in and benefit here. you yeah. and lead. I'm yep. just trying to get out and live my life. Just give it to somebody else. That's okay. I did my I did my four years of faithful service. Uh, yes. I'm ready to move on to the next thing. And there's nothing wrong with that, man. Uh, yeah, I no. tell people that all the time. The fact yeah. that you volunteered to defend your country, period, to me, and you and then you fulfilled your commitment, right? Because yep. you did. Yep. You filled you your more than most. That's huge. <laughs> That's yeah. huge. I, I mean, That's yeah, you're very kind of you to say. I appreciate that. I do. You'll right. never hear me talk bad about anybody that volunteers and fulfills their commitment ever, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day. There's so many people that don't, and there's there's nothing wrong with that if you choose not to, right? I don't I don't look down on anybody that doesn't choose to join the military or anything, but the fact that you know you chose on your own free will to do it, and then you fulfilled your obligation, that's huge, man. It speaks volumes about your character and your desire and your will to push through. Because we've all been through that scenario where we're like fed up, where we've went through you know some BS and we're just over it. We've all been through there. Believe me, 14 years. I've been there a lot, so you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah, you know, Jimmy, I was okay. Yep. Thank I was going to ask if uh, the height and weight standard wasn't a thing, and like if you were still good on passing all the PTs, would you have stayed, or would you have still got out because you couldn't truly focus on what you wanted to really do? So I'll, I, I tell people this uh, to t- to answer that particular question. No, I still would have gotten out, but um, th- the thing is, it uh, it got so bad here's the thing i was in a non-deployable unit you know like a support unit for christ's sake so anyway but it got so bad 
I didn't want a lap move. I didn't want to switch branches. Mm. I didn't want to do, I just wanted to get out that that's how bad it got, which is, I really hate saying that because it's not a bad Mm -hmm. thing. It's a great thing. Yeah. I'm very honored to have been able to do it, but it, it got that bad. Um, I could have been a PT because of a height and weight thing for you though. Or oh no, it, just... it was it was. That's not that. That's that's got Ed. about two percent to do with the band. It was it was other topics. Or other, it was other way, things. It was, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, deeper. No. Topics. It was no, way yeah. deeper. Okay. So that's that's what it, that's what it was. It wasn't. Hey, man, uh, that, and again, it's like John said. It don't matter what your reasons are. You got your reasons. You fulfilled your contract. Your obligation. That's all that matters. Yeah, I'm I'm happy. I'm I got out clean. And I'm I'm happy now. So I'm great. Hey, you know, you know the answer now. If it was worthwhile or not for you, it's it was worthwhile for four years. <laughs> well, uh, I'm sure I want to know, and I'm sure everybody out there listening wants to know, Jimmy. Sure. What? Uh, tell us some stories about this man, like your favorite lifting story, your favorite person you've met, your favorite competition, something. Just give us some stories. Tell us, uh, tell us yeah. what it's like being Jimmy. Yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm in a I'm in a circle. Once I finally benched a thousand pounds, which I did in March of 2020, which was my last year of enlistment. Actually, I benched a thousand pounds while still an active duty marine. Wow! Um, once I'm I you're walking I, in seeing that Lance Corporal just <laughs> well, see, I, it was funny because after so that's March and I got out in October of that year. After I benched a grand, and I mean obviously it was a well known thing. That's when I really got started being left alone. I don't know if it was just a coincidence. I, it could you be. don't say. <laughs> but then, you know, I got the little tattoo on my arm in regs, but I got a tattoo of it on my arm and everything. And anyhow, but yeah, so um, once I joined that rank of lifter, that thousand pound plus bench club. I mean, you, you are in a league of your own, truly. Yeah, I my first thousand pound bench was actually an all time world record at the time for the weight class yeah. of 275, which was stellar for me. Um, wow. But I mean, you uh, really are at this point one in seven billion people. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. are your own percentage. That's pretty crazy. That's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it's. I, I really take pride in it. It's something I really enjoy. Uh, dude, you, yeah, you you better take pride in. Oh, it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah like, um, That's awesome, dude. So one of my most recent favorite memories, obviously, my hero, my the person I look up to the most in the sport, um, has always been a, a man named Brian Canelli, and he's from Washington State. And uh, he was the most dominant, just unadulterated, badass bencher for a, for a lot of years in the early 2000s, early teens. Um, had the heaviest bench in the history at one point or another. Multiple-time 1,000-pound bencher, world champion Ryan Canelli. And we went to the Arnold Classic this year because I work for a, a company called Anderson Powerlifting. I'm one of their athletes. And I uh, got to meet up with Ryan. And I uh, actually went out to dinner with him on the third day of the Arnold and just got to hang out with him and a, a man named uh, Chad Ikes, who's a legendary full, three lift, full power lifter from the 2000s as well. Um, so that was that, that was just hanging out with some of my idols and having dinner with them and just chilling. It's just I, unbelievable because they came from that they were dominant in the time where I was just kind of learning about the sport in the two thousands mm-hmm. where the sport was still very, very underground and very misunderstood, which I kind of wish it was still that way. Um, so that was mo- the most recent thing that I've done. That's like super cool. Um, other memory wise events. I went to the 2014 Arnold classic. Uh, there was a bench press competition there and uh, I entered uh, it was in my, it was two hours. I, I grew up in Northeast Ohio. So Columbus was two hours from where I used to live. 
um, back backyard basically. And uh, so I was the local boy and I showed up to this meet and there was about 10 or 12 heavyweight guys that were just legends and idols in the sport that I looked up to. Um, and I was up there in the 242 class, the current all time world record holder in the 242 class, a man named Jake Prazak was there and he had benched 920 at one point at 242. Um, I had benched nine, 900, I think flat. So I was like right behind him. And this, I didn't know this till afterwards. This was his final meet before retirement. He was going to do this meet. He was trying to break his all time world record and then retire. And, uh, the entire heavyweight division had to open at 800 pounds. That was the designated opener. So we all did eight. And then on the second and third attempts, you could do whatever you want. You could do as heavy as you want. On his second attempt, he went up to 925 to break his record. He missed it. Wow. I, had jumped to nine, I had jumped to 950 for trying to get a PR for myself, and I missed it. So we, be, we each have one attempt left. And on the third and final round, he made that 925 and got it. Broke his all-time world record. He was going to win the meet. But then on my third attempt, two two lifters later, I benched 950 and rebroke his record. He had set just two minutes later earlier. Oh, God. <laughs> Whoa! And then, and hey, then he I retired. Enjoyed those two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that, yep, that record had fallen in, in literally about two minutes. So wow. that was made of retirement. That was <laughs> yeah. Jimmy made the main retire. <laughs> man I said, "I'm I'm done." Oh man, if that he is... didn't have plans beforehand. That's that he goes. I'm good. <laughs> I so he he really wanted to uh, take a fourth attempt for a record. Per, so in powerlifting, whether you do one lift or all three, you get three attempts at each lift. Uh, oh, if wow, you're okay. in a if you're in a situation where you can get a, a record, you can take a fourth attempt for record purposes. So he That's wanted cool. to take a fourth to try to take that record back, but for time constraints, me said no. We got three attempts. That's it. We got to move on because they need the stage for like the strong men or strong women or something like that. So oh. yeah. and I'm sure you said it's okay. I was gonna pass it again anyway. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I could have. <laughs> uh, that that was I couldn't have done. I couldn't have done ten more pounds that day. That was that was the limit of that day. Nine fifty. Uh, Jimmy said, "Hey, big dog, you're done. It don't matter." <laughs> hey, anyway. I'm glad you broke your record. I'm about to break it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was wild. And at that point, I hadn't won the meet yet because there was one more oh, lifter. Man. His name's uh, Tiny Meeker, a good friend of mine from Texas. Um, and he he was attempting a thousand fifty. So I hadn't actually won the meet yet. He missed his thousand fifty. So I by default because he missed the lift, I got the win. So it was it was a wild day. It was crazy. So he could have done like nine sixty, and he would have won. If he, yeah, if he if he completed it. If he completed it, yeah. Yeah, if he completed, if he did a thousand, there was no weight classes in this thing. It was mm -hmm. all just if you're above a certain weight, you're a heavy weight, you're all in the same group. That's cool. So, but yeah, it was it was a crazy day. It was my first time getting paid in the sport. Actually, that on that day, I had there was a small cash prize that day, so it was the first time I ever made money. Um, and you'd been in it at how long at that point? Uh, it was 2014, so it had been probably eight years, eight or nine years. Wow, that's yeah. a lot of grind. So it took you another six years to finally bench to that thousand pound mark. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, I did take that small break, like I said, mm -hmm. for a couple of years, and that's uh, that's why. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, it um, th there's there's not money in the sport. There, there's, I mean, there right. there's opportunities to get money, but you have mm -hmm. to go to a specific meet that's offering money, mm -hmm. be the best of the best in order to win, and then get you get the cat the cash prize. Um, I think bench press wise, you will stand a pretty good chance at that. Yeah, I, I I feel like I got a, a decent chance. <laughs> well, like I, don't I think said, you'd be uh, the only dude to do thirteen hundred pounds and not have a yeah, pretty right. good chance. I pulled your I pulled your resume and I was looking and I think uh, 
the one website I looked, I don't even know if this is all of them, but it said you had 38 first place finishes. So, um, yeah. since, since high school, it said, I mean, obviously all those weren't money value, money, uh, cash ones, but yeah, it said, said 38 first place finishes. So, uh, I'm, 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 it would seem to me that you do pretty well <laughs> in these events. Well, you know, I, I tell people if I do one lift, I got no excuses to be bad at it. So, um, I mean, that's true. If I, I mean, choose to do one lift, yeah. I better be good at it. That's true. Know? Yeah. It'd be like being a designated hitter in baseball and sucking at hitting. <laughs> yeah, or, or being a, a punter in a football and not being able to punt. So, or, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're but, looking uh, at you, NFL kickers. Right. Yeah. Oh, um, that's wild. But yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's hardcore. I love it to death. It's in my blood. Um, I got, I got, it's, 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 it's what I live for. I think it's what I was meant to do. do you, I would say so. Yeah. I don't think yeah. you can set records yeah. like that and argue otherwise. No, yeah, I mean, you're right. supposed to be an accountant, big dog. Do you right. have, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I can't imagine going to get my, my taxes <laughs> done. No, imagine that's your lawyer. That's what walks in. Yeah. Oh geez. Like, yep. <laughs> so yeah. I, I got, I got one more question. What's up? How wide are your shoulders, man? I got to ask. <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, like when you walk through doors, do you have to turn? In my in my apartment, I have to gate a little bit and turn to the oh side. My and, God, oh my That's God, that's wild. That's a but, unit, man. Holy wow, crap. it's wild. It, just a smidge. I mean, I mean, public yeah. bathrooms. That's hey. that's a that's a bit of a chore sometimes. A smidge <laughs> doesn't matter, Jimmy. Everyone else doesn't have to. <laughs> 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 yeah, I guess so. It's uh, a mild inconvenience. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it. it's a smidge. It's like Powers, Ray Ray, when he has to duck down through walk through doors. Yeah, Jimmy, we got like a six seven marine. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like yeah. six seven. That's nuts. When he Jimmy walks up to me, yeah, for the first, I'd say for the first year, every he's time he walked tall, up, isn't he? yeah, he's it's somewhere around like there. That. It's yeah. ridiculous. The first year he walked up to me, I was like, no, absolutely not, Powers. I said, yeah. not in my presence. Squat down. I mean, I mean, yeah. for the first year, I made him squat down to my height. That was like much better. And we I was had like, a, what, one video elevator. Yeah, I was like, "What do you we need?" Had a, yeah, we had a we had a recruit named Glunt uh, at, at on the island, and he was six, I think six seven or six eight. And they made and the DIs made him do an elevator down to their face. They were not going to look up at him. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. Though. That's powers. That's powers. And yeah, I would like. Gotcha. Uh-uh. You either got to stand across the room and talk to me, or yeah. you have to squat down to my level because you're going to give me a cramp in my neck looking up that high. We got to stand 10 feet away just so we can look out of eye. <laughs> that is amazing. That's awesome. Oh, man. Well, uh, I cannot imagine turning, though. I can't. Any, any degree to have to go in a door. <laughs> that's yeah. wild. Well, I mean, you also can't that's... imagine benching 1,300 pounds. No, man. Hey, look, that's so. just the life of Jimmy Cole, man. Hey. <laughs> It's, that's awesome, though. I mean, that's, not yeah. not having to turn for doors, but the the benching thing, the strength. Yeah, yep. yeah. So you yep. just you just tried for fourteen. What was it fourteen twenty? So in November, I tried fourteen hundred flat on uh, okay. two attempts, and I, I, I every meet's a learning experience, and I learned a couple of things at that meet. And uh, wow, so I, I bombed out. I didn't get a lift in, and I came to a meet here February fourth or sixth uh, over in mm-hmm. West Virginia. A uh, little little area called Hurricane, and uh, I benched uh, thirteen fifty um, to beat my previous mark of thirteen twenty that I had set the previous February, um, twenty two. 
So it's fourteen hundred. The new goal is that the new what you're going for? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, attempting it on the platform was was a was a chore, a learning experience. Um, I have a meet set for July 29th uh, over here in so we're in Virginia on the border, Virginia and Tennessee. I think it's called Elizabeth Elizabeth Elizabethton. I think it's what it's called. Um, that's the spot. So I'm going to train for about five months. Um, get my I went to the Arnold Classic. I competed there right after I did the 1350. I won the Arnold this year. Um, so I'm kind of getting myself kind of back into the swing of things, uh, getting all that travel funk. Uh, travel sickness. We got sick from the Arnold being around thousands of people for three days. Um, I'm sure. Yeah, it makes yeah sense. it's just, geez, it's just the way it goes. But so I'm finally Somebody's back. got something at those. Yeah, it's just, it's just the name of the game. I knew it was probably, it happens every year. I get sick every year. But mm. um, so now I'm kind of back to normal and I'm training currently right now to bench 1,400 pounds in, in five months over in Tennessee. You said that's Elizabethton, Tennessee? Yeah, it's, it's not, okay. it's not. Yeah, Elizabethton or Elizabeth. Yeah, I see that. Wow, that's only three and a half hours away from me. It's yeah, we're about we're in northern Virginia. It's right around five, five and a half. It's not terrible. We may have to uh, may have to make a trip up there to watch you. Yeah, it's it's July 29th. You don't always get to watch history be made. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) July 29th. I'm for real. I'm about to write that down. Cool. July 29th. So you guys are in Tennessee or Kentucky? Where, where are you at? I'm in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and gotcha. yeah, and Ray Ray's in Georgia somewhere. Yeah, oh. there it is. Okay, okay. So thirty yeah. minutes west of Atlanta. Yeah, where, yeah. where in Georgia again? Where was it? It's thirty minutes west of Atlanta. I can well, hop on. What's your What's your duty station? I meant. I go up to Chattanooga. Yeah, so he's a reservist in my unit. So I'm the oh. duty side. So it's a uh, Mike Battery out of Chattanooga, okay. Tennessee. We're artillery unit. I got you. I had a. I had a staff NCO named uh, Todd Kovach come down to Georgia. That was going to be his where he retired. I didn't know if you would. No, okay, never mind. <laughs> so, gotcha. Well, uh, Jimmy, we do a little thing here, man. Um, we're obviously we got a couple more things we're going to do, and then we'll we'll close up the show. But absolutely. Um, one thing that we like to do on the show is we're big on shout outs. We're big on we we like people's hustles we like people's grinds we like to watch people shine um and uh i've expressed to ray ray and uh i want to eventually as we continue to grow the show i want to turn this show where we get like a scholarship something like that like a charity some sort Mm -hmm. right um but i know that you actually have the cob strong scholarship is that correct that's yeah, uh, Cole. My bad. I, I literally... so, hey, he's bad with names. Man. I'm horrible with names. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not a good excuse, but it is when every time he tries names, it's bad. So, like, at this point, it's just. It's Shut up, Ray Ray. We're still recording. Dang. <laughs> so, the Kolb Strong Scholarship. And I and I literally, I've said your name like a thousand times, and I can't remember. As soon as I said it, I said, I said that wrong. Oh, no, the, you're good. The Kolb Strong Scholarship. Can you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that, man? Yeah, so it was actually my wife's idea. I shouldn't take enough credit for it, but uh, a couple of years ago, we decided to. We got to a point in our lives where we could start to uh, help other lifters. So the Cold Strong Scholarship is designed to help the future generation of powerlifters. Um, we it's designed for the age groups from 13 to 23. So that's the teenage divisions to the what's called the junior divisions. So that's 20 to 23 years old. It's called the junior division. Um, so that, that, those are what we consider young is 13 to 23. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we host events throughout the year, fundraising events, uh, pretty much for charity. We raise funds 
And for every thousand dollars we raise, that's one athlete that we get to sponsor. So we raise money, we raise money, we do events all year. And then by the end of the year, come January 1st, we see how much we have. This past year, 2022, we actually raised $12,000. That is awesome. Yep. And we're, as we speak, uh, we were just in the process of uh, cutting checks uh, today and getting the packages together for the 12 athletes. So what they do the entire month of January, they go through application process. We have a website called strongscholarship.com and they apply. They have to be within the parameters, 13 to 23 years old, active competing, powerlifter. Uh, they tell us their story. They give references, uh, letters of reference, say, uh, you know, how they could benefit from it, how they've given back to the sport. We just look at their story. We had over 70 applicants this year. We had to pick 12, which really killed us. We want to help all 70, but we you know, can't right now. And uh, we pick our top 12. We have a small board of people that go through and help us. So there's no biased way. Right? We have about four to five people that help us choose. And we collectively choose 12 people. And then we announce it and we cut $1,000 checks and send it to them. And it's for them to use for whatever they deem necessary. It's meant for, obviously, the sport. So if you need like help traveling, paying your gym dues, buying new equipment, uh, whatever it may be. Or you can go blow it on an Xbox. It doesn't matter. It's your money. <laughs> Um, and that's what we do, uh, because I remember being that age, you know, teenage years, uh, early twenties and us having absolutely nothing and having such a passion and love for a sport that literally doesn't have any amount of decent payouts mm-hmm. can get rough. And, uh, we wanted to be able to help the next generation. So that's what we do right now. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I, I want, I want to do something like that, like help out. Um, I grew up, uh, I grew up poor, um, didn't have a whole lot of money and, uh, and honestly, uh, looking at, you know, scholarships or having the, um, or not scholar, not, not scholarship, excuse me, looking at college and thinking about having the means or the ability to go to college, uh, always as a kid, I always was like, I'm going to go to college. I'm gonna go to college. I'm gonna go to college. But, but in the back of my mind, when I kind of realized, where I'm coming from and the, you know, and this, I, I knew my parents could not provide me to go there mm. and uh, I had to find a route, you know? So uh, a lot of children out there, a lot of kids, you know what I mean? They don't, they're in that situation in life, you know, and they may not see a chance or, you know, may not have the opportunities or some of the opportunities that I had, maybe they, they can't go in the military to get the scholarship or to get the full ride, you know, stuff uh, or whatever it may be. So, I want to. Uh, I would definitely want to do something along those lines, and and even if it's like, hey, we give you, you know, we we pay for a semester of courses, just something kind of like like you're doing, man. Give back, you know, because like you said, you were in that position once, and you know what it's like. I was in this position, so yep. what you're doing, man, that's awesome. That really, really is awesome. So I I applaud you and your wife for for putting that together, and uh, that's cool, man. I mean, really, it's cool. Thank you very much. It's it's been a project, but we uh, it's been successful. We went from three grand the first year to twelve the second year. It's pretty amazing. That's a great jump. Yeah, four times. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty incredible. And seeing, I'm I'm sure just knowing you're helping out people, that satisfaction. You know what I mean? Just that's that's why we do it. It's it, you can't buy can't that kind of it. joy. It, no, it, you can't. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, well, Jimmy, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. I appreciate you putting all your stories out there and, and talking about it. I mean, this is really just cool. Kind of just, yeah, yeah, just just hearing everything, man. Just 
you talking about, you know, from your eating habits, how you got into it, what you did, you know, the story of you breaking old boy's record right after he said yeah. it. <laughs> like, you know, just, we really appreciate it, man. I mean, these, like I said, these are just unique stories that, you know, unique and outlook into or, or look into somebody's life to a sport that, like you said, is not really super mainstream. You know, people don't know a lot about it. So right. I, I, I genuinely thank you for your time and, and letting us look into it, man, and, and letting us see what it's like. You know, I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I, I don't get to do this very often. I mean, the people around me hear me talk all the time. I'm sure it gets boring after a while. <laughs> but um, So no, this is great. I, I had a great time talking with you both, and I didn't realize I was – Closer than I knew to Ray over here. Um, that's that's pretty spectacular. That's a pretty small world, but uh, yeah, the the opportunity to talk about it and share some stories and knowledge is is always appreciated. So I, I do appreciate that. Yes, oh, man, of course. We're we're super grateful for you. Well, thanks, and uh, you, you can reach out anytime. I'm I'm available if you just want to talk the talk or just uh, whatever. But uh, we're having you on again at another date. But um, yeah, you got me oh, information, sure. so I'm I'm good for to go. Sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure we'll definitely end up having you on again. Maybe you got that meet in uh, on January 29th. So, or excuse me, July 29th. I wrote July and said January, but Uh-oh. July 29th. But yeah. um, <laughs> I don't ask. But yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I mean, definitely come there and watch you, man, and, and definitely have you on again talking about some of the stuff. Because mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, now I'm going to be paying more attention to this world than I was before we did this episode. So, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, I mean, it, it can be, you know, um, for some people it can be a, a daily hobby or a daily obsession, you know, and yes. I, just, uh, I just feel personally more informed. Thanks to you. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, that's great. And, I kind of uh, feel a little more inspired to get back <laughs> in there now and, and truly like push myself oh, yeah. a little harder. And there, there's a, there's so many talented athletes in this sport of all different calipers, different divisions, you know, and, um, and, and when you really look into it, it's, it's really spectacular what people are capable of. So I, but I appreciate your guys' support as well. I do. I want to make sure I mention that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Well, Ray, Ray, before we, uh, before we close up shop, you got a, you got a fact of the week for me? Yes, I sure do. Let me, uh, let me pull it up here real quick. I had a buddy send me one in. So I already told you the FDU one, so that was pretty funny. But uh, we're going to kick you back to soccer real quick. So there's nine teams within four points of each other in the Premier League, and I don't know, but the bottom, if you know this, but the bottom three get relegated, meaning that, that mean? they have they have to play a lower league, and if the lower league beats the guys in the Premier League, they swap spots. So what? the top three in the lower league play the bottom three in the Premier League, and the winners get to go to the Premier or stay in the Premier. So, it's typically it's estimated that they only need 34 points to keep from being relegated this year, and generally it's 40. So you have nine teams within four points at the bottom of the table. So you got all these people really playing to not be bottom three. <laughs> that's I never knew that. That's wild. yeah. So the sport's so big that they they shift up and down. That's pretty cool, though. I mean, honestly. Yeah. I like that. So it's kind of like people saying the best college team should play the best NFL team. Now it's obviously different, but it goes to how when people have talked about such. Well, so I got uh, since we're on the NCAA tournament and we're talking about all that, I have a stat as well, and this is a uh, I posted this on our Instagram. So the number five seed 
is the only seed out of the top eight seeds in an NCAA tournament, right? So there's obviously 16 seeds, you know, on, uh, excuse me, 16 seeds on each side of the coin, right? Mm-hmm. So each, uh, you know, for Midwest, West, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Right, right. So out of that, there's obviously four number five seeds that enter every year. The number five seed is the only seed that's never won the NCAA tournament out of those top eight. Well, we got two right now that are giving it a chance. We still have two, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, no, I was okay. I wasn't going to say it. Tennessee, I was about to say, was Tennessee number four? But four no, seed. it was Duke. I'm sorry, it was Tennessee number five is what I was about to say, but it was actually Duke Duke that was number five over there. So yeah, They're not doing it this year. They are not doing it, but San Diego State. Miami, and, Florida. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. They're still pushing, so. Well, what about shout-outs, Ray Ray? You got any shout-outs this week? Yeah, man. So let's go ahead and bring it back real quick. Shout-out to Jimmy Kolb for him coming on and for his, his uh, good grief, fundraisers and all. Like, what a great dude. Awesome. Again, mm-hmm. so glad you're on. But uh, throw it back locally, like I said, I'm going to try to do. So there's a little coffee shop around the, around the house, around the area in Dallas, Georgia. Yeah, don't not Dallas, Texas, that <laughs> the wife really likes called Good Stuff Coffee House. Such a neat little side place. There's a small community college, and a lot of people go there. So it's been pretty good. Just, uh, I, I like it. Okay, okay. Well, uh, my shout-out this week, I, I have, again, I'm going to shout you out, obviously. I told you I would. And that's uh, to you and Mrs. Ray Ray, officially now. And uh, so congrats to you and congrats to Mallory. Thank you, so thank you. That is, uh, that is my first one. My second one, I got to give a shout-out to our top fan on Facebook. I met him at your wedding, and that's uh, that's Tay. So, hey, man, appreciate all the support. Uh, he definitely got on to me when I didn't drop a fact on Saturday. So he's like, I, I didn't see a fact today. How did he? <laughs> he did, awesome. man. He got on to me. So <laughs> I made sure, I made sure I did not miss it yesterday. It was late. But it wasn't. Uh, there wasn't a miss, and there wasn't a miss today. So, yeah, yeah that, he, that's a good fan right there. He's keeping track. Yeah, he's like, I didn't see one today. So, so shout out today, hey man, it was good meeting you. Uh, dude just seems like like good people, man. So and he he's, is, and he's, he's down to man. support us. So that's awesome. So, those are my shout outs this week. So, besides that, Ray Ray, I don't have anything else, man. It was a good episode. I agree. So I got nothing else. All right. Well. I got nothing. Ray Ray. I got nothing. Yep. Ray Ray got nothing. So, hey, with that, we out. See ya.